0: thanks man thanks for taking the time why don't you take a few minutes to introduce yourself and then uh we can kind of go from there
1: yeah man i appreciate you having me on um so i'm carlos for all of you that know me and that don't know me i'm the man behind lone star kayak fishing um i'm a bass angler a lot of people would probably like to see me be other types of species angler but definitely not for me you know what i mean uh yeah man, I mean I've been kayak fishing for like a year and a half, I think is a it's probably yeah, give or take about a year and a half and we've come a long way man. We've we kind of have a rags to riches story, you know, going from straight Walmart boat to the Bentley mm-hmm. of kayak fishing, you know, yeah. as everyone knows. Um and we just love to fish, dude. You know, yeah stay on the ground
0: no yeah definitely so where where are you fishing
1: mainly i fish out of texas uh when um before i switched jobs i was fishing out a lot out of like northern west texas Mm -hmm. Uh, now i'm back home so i'm i'm kind of fishing a lot of the lakes that are around me and trying to get to know them because i mean believe it or not uh i've lived in this area my whole life but i don't know like hardly anything about the lake so just gotta buckle down and find fish and and relearn lakes and all of that good stuff
0: no yeah i feel that because i just recently moved from new jersey to north carolina and had to do the same thing i had a i had a couple spots in jersey where i could i knew i could go catch some fish have a good time and now i'm still trying to find those spots here i got a few like ultralight fishing spots where i can go out and I'll get some consistent action but there's um I'm still trying to find those consistently producing bass or at least like decent sized bass spots cuz right now all the bass that I've been catching have been like little quarter pounders and under so I mean you right. saw that that really small guy smaller than my pinky so yeah that that little guy was a surprise but um no yeah, I, like I can that. definitely feel that
1: that was a spawn fish for sure <laughs> oh yeah he had just been born like a week ago for yeah. sure no, no, no joke. <laughs>
0: but you you mentioned that uh, you know it was a rags to riches story what made you want to get a kayak at first
1: uh just didn't want to spend 80,000 on a bass boat you know that's what i was fishing off of and uh when me and my buddy we we parted way well we parted ways because he took another job. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So you know, we're either going to buy a bass boat, and I was going to until I actually found my boat. Okay. Um, I had been fishing like around on the weekends and stuff when I would go home on my kayak and and I was just like, man, I don't know about this. Like this mm-hmm. paddling stuff is like it's I don't it's know. It's tough. Yeah, I felt myself it seemed like a lot like it gets windy in texas so i mean mm-hmm. i felt like a lot of times i found myself paddling more than i was even fishing so i was like man this isn't like this isn't gonna work so
0: yeah no yeah that's kind of the situation i'm in now
1: is you know it could be like a one
0: two mile per hour wind and i'm yeah. drifting like crazy and it, it, it's difficult and you know i i have some stuff on the way now that should help with that i got a Anchor trolley system, going to get an anchor set up that should help a little bit. But Mm -hmm. even with that, it comes with its challenges, like, you know, how to safely use the anchor and set it up and stuff like that. So when you when you got your boat, your first kayak, how much all in did you put in, like, for the kayak?
1: Three hundred bucks. That's not bad. No, I I mean, I bought it from my buddy. Okay, so
0: you bought it. Nice. Yeah, Nice
1: so and it, it's a lifetime uh yukon i think mm-hmm. it's a 11 and a half foot boat i still have it i mean i still i kept it i never got rid of it so
0: yeah that's uh, cool
1: yeah but i I, I, got, I got that boat and i fished off of it for not very long
0: <laughs> no <laughs> like handful of trips
1: yeah just a handful of trips i mean i i spent a winter on it well okay so last winter i believe I was fishing off of that boat
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and, um, that's when, you know, the challenges of staying dry and all of that and, you know, just from paddling alone, your hands will get wet and, Mm -hmm. you know, being wintertime, that's, that's no good. So that's when I really started looking for something else. I was like, there's got to be something else. And when I found my autopilot, that's, that's when it's all, it, it was game over after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went, we went full in.
0: Yeah. I mean, you basically have like a miniature bass boat with yeah, your complete it setup. It's, uh, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine, my neighbor actually, who I fish with consistently. And I was talking to him about your setup and he's like, that's wild, man. And he goes, why didn't he just go for a bass boat? I'm like, cause a bass boat is way more expensive. Mm-hmm. And you can't get to the spots that you can with the kayak. Like I'm sure there's spots that you could that you get into that a bass boat cannot even right.
1: try to get into. Yeah, we we can mm-hmm. definitely run some skinny water, that's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So even even motor down I can run in like a foot and a half of water. Mhm. So I don't know if, I don't, I don't know exactly how shallow a, a big motor can go, but that would be a foot and a half. I'm sure they'd probably start sweating over that.
0: Oh yeah. I believe it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's tough. There's a spot that I fish where it gets down to like half a foot yeah. and I can float in that in my, in my kayak. So like, my kayak I bought used and it is a, it, it's not a Walmart kayak. It's a perception pescador pro 120 it's a paddling kayak so i can't pedal with it or i could probably attach a trolling motor to it somehow but the benefit of it being a fishing kayak is that it's a little bit more stable but the paddling aspect is difficult when when you got your autopilot first time you took it out versus like your um your lifetime kayak how was it was it like night and day difference
1: oh yeah man it was it wasn't i mean in a in a sense it kind of gave me that feeling of being back on a boat mm-hmm. being able to just take off like you know and i could sit there and be messing with lures or whatever you know and just be ripping across the water you know because i'm blazing a trail at four miles an hour but still mm-hmm. i mean that's ripping compared to a paddle. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely night and day. And then, you know, you got spot lock and all those other things that that really make it what it what it is. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it gives you you know the angler as a kayak angler complete like control and and it, it gives you like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like your advantage back. You know, a kayak yeah. angler, especially a paddle a guy on a paddle boat is automatically as soon as he launches that boat at a disadvantage, you
0: know? No. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So when, so tell me about like your first trip on the lifetime kayak. Did you get into some fish?
1: Yeah. the the actually the first time I took it out, um, the lake I've been fishing, this grass lake is where I took it. And, It gets, it gets like super matted in the summertime. Like you don't even, I don't even fish it in the summer. The only time Mm. I ever fish this lake is in the wintertime when the grass kind of dies off and, you know, recedes under the water. But, but yeah, man, I caught, I can't remember three or four, you know, nothing just crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was good. Like I knew, obviously I knew I wanted to fish. I still was kind of in the air if I wanted to kayak fish. Yeah. But, uh, I just stayed after it, you know, because that was my only option of being on the water. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and obviously being on the water, paddle or motor, whichever way is obviously an advantage over being on the bank. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it it was good. I, if I got on a paddle boat today, I probably wouldn't even know what to do on it. <laughs> I would probably be reaching for my remote, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. You know, I don't. It's it's crazy. And to sit again would be. I don't know if I could do that. You know, if I could ever have a boat where I had to sit down and fish again.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a that's a good point. Um, I've been fishing sitting down mainly just because I haven't had the. Uh, I haven't tried to stand and fish on my kayak. I've seen videos where you can. Like, people are doing it taller than me, right. heavier than me. They're leaning on the side of the kayak, and I feel like it's more of a comfort thing right. for my specific – or I, I'd say for any kayak. Like, if you're not comfortable standing up, period, on water. Like, first time I stood on a locked dock, like a dock with the poles, yeah, and that sucker still moved, I was like, whoa, wait a second. I wasn't <laughs> ready for this. So now that I'm going to like standing up on a kayak, that's a that's a whole new thing. I mean, I know yours is is a little wider, but when you're on the on your autopilot, you essentially look like you're on the front of a bass boat working a yeah, trolling motor.
1: Yeah, that thing. You know, I've I've preached and preached and preached so much about you know, in my opinion, the most important thing to look for when buying a kayak, regardless of brand, is stability. Mm-hmm. And I mean being able to stand to me, I mean, just my opinion is, it changes everything, you know, it it changes your leverage. It changes the way you look at the water, you Mm -hmm. know, the things that you're looking around, you know, whether it's structure, whatever, whatever else, you know, I I just feel like standing to me is a more natural, it's more natural to me to fish that way than it is to sit. I mean, I know a lot of people have to sit, Mm -hmm. especially all the, the paddle guys in the, Even the uh, pedal guys, you know, which they do stand sometimes too. But I mean, if you get in wind, those guys almost essentially have to sit. That way they can keep pedaling, you know. But uh, I just feel like standing, I don't know. I just, I couldn't go back. There's no way I could.
0: No, it makes sense. And I mean, one of my favorite things about fishing from the bank is the fact that I can stand and I can, I'm a short guy. I'm 5'7 on a good day. So when I'm, fishing with like a six foot, six, six rod or seven foot rod, which is the tall longest rod I have, um, on the kayak, I'm essentially, um, like if I'm twitching a lure, I'm twitching horizontal, like, like even with the water, I can't twitch it down and make it go a little deeper. So it does change the way you fish. So fishing from the bank, um, the ability to stand, is definitely an advantage for me right now. So the fact that you have that on a kayak is pretty cool. Um, when you got your boat, just bare, your autopilot, What were did you go in with a plan on how you wanted to modify it? Because right now your kayak is fully loaded with a bunch of accessories and electronics and things like that. So did you have a plan in mind or were you fishing it bare for a while?
1: No. Um see the only thing I th- believe that I had on that boat when I first got it I had a cup holder mm-hmm. that all of my pick almost all of my pictures on Instagram are taken out of okay <laughs> a lot of people think I have this like just crazy you know, crazy system going on but no it's no it's definitely a cup holder everyone well i mean you have
0: some (laughs) speaking of pictures you have some amazing photos on your instagram and i think it has to do with a lot of your your camera placement because were you running a gopro on the on the previous kayak no no
1: no no gopro i just had my phone and that's you know i really didn't even get serious about uh like Instagram like I had one
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I would just post on it every once in a while it, it took a while before I actually buckled down and actually started building yeah. you know this page but uh, other than that man all I had on that boat was a I think I had a Lowrance Hook 5 on it okay and that's that's all I had well, in a mm-hmm. crate you know okay other than that I didn't you know after buying the boat you know I kept it pretty simple but that didn't last very long.
0: Yeah. What was the first upgrade you made after that?
1: The Helix Seven. Okay. Yeah, I went to the Helix Seven, and then I put the rod holders in.
0: And those rod holders, you know, for the people who are listening who haven't seen them, those are not your your those are horizontal rod holders on your kayak, so they don't make yep. your rods stand straight up, which I think is cool, and I think it. I think for your kayak and like a pedal kayak it's amazing do they ever get in the way when you're fishing like does does it ever cause a problem
1: no 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 they never they're never in my way i mean i've landed fish mm-hmm. on that side of the boat but generally i always bring them to the right side but no they they never get in the way i mean even if i landed a fish over there i usually just i always flip fish so mm-hmm. i just flip them over it anyway
0: but so no, so the two things that are never on your boat, a net and a spinning rod and reel, right? Yeah, you'll <laughs> never
1: you'll never find that on my boat ever.
0: <laughs> but no, yeah, that's cool. Those um those rod holders are cool. The reason why I like them is because what I've been experiencing lately is my rods tend to get tangled mm-hmm. in my in the overhangs like trees and stuff like that. So I'm constantly cool. like looking and making sure that I'm not getting too close to the bank cuz there's a lot of low hanging trees specifically where I've been fishing. So that's really cool. If it if I didn't have a paddling kayak, I'd definitely get those over the kayak crate system that I have that has the vertical rods. Because there's there's just no way you could run that system with the
1: with the paddle. Yeah, that's I was about to say the only problem with running those vertical for you would be the paddle. You know, you would have to reach way out to make your stroke, you know. Mm-hmm. So that would, that's the tough part. And those, those rod holders actually came about from fishing out West. I mean, I was having to fish, uh, 30 and 40 mile an hour winds a lot of times. Cause that's the Sheesh. only times I would, I was able to fish. So I had mm-hmm. to take advantage of that. And <clears throat> I found those because I found myself fishing off the back of the boat a lot. Yeah. You know, because when you spot lock the boat's going to turn, um, the bow into the wind so yeah i would find myself turned around fishing off the back a lot and those rods were always in my way standing up always mm-hmm. so i found that deal and i mean honestly now it's it's kind of the same way as going like the same thing as going back to a you know a kayak that i would have to sit in like i i don't think i could fish with the vertical rods anymore either they're just they're just in the way you know
0: yeah, they've, there's been times where I'm like about to cast and all of a sudden Sweet I backlash because my hook's like in yeah. another rod or um, I go to reach for my net, which I have yet to use the net. It's in there. It's behind me. Right. But like my trebles are like tangled in the net because it's behind because I pulled the rod from the back and like caught the net. It is something to get used to and I'm still not used to it. But there is something cool about, you know, just reaching back and pulling your rod forward like it's a sword. right? <laughs> so there's something cool about that. But I, I and but putting them back is something that I'm still getting used to because, you know, you got to turn around, whereas you you just kind of reach on over to the side and pick one up. Hey, I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash remote outdoors. If you're new to the outdoors and want to learn how to fish, I have a great beginner's guide to fishing series. And I also have a whole mess of fishing adventures so you can follow along on my journey as I try to become a better outdoorsman. Again, that's youtube.com slash Ramon Outdoors. After the rod holders, what was your next step? Like were you trying to fill um gaps or were you kind of just looking at things you can add? And when I say fill gaps, were like were you were you noticing like, oh, I feel like I need this here? Or having this over here would make my time on the water faster or easier? Or was it just like, oh, that looks like a cool thing. Let me try that on and see if I like it. Like, what was your process to adding more accessories? Because I, I feel like it's very easy to just start slapping things on everywhere. Like I bought a right. a um, a yak attack rod holder with a mount that mounts into my kayak. And it's great. Except for when I'm not using it, it's in the way. And when I am using it, getting the rod in and out's kind of a pain in the butt just because of the way my kayak sits. Right. So, it, it, so I found that I'm glad it's not a permanent mount because I can just take that sucker off and fish without it. But as you're going through, like, what's your process of, like, figuring things out for your kayak? Uh,
1: man, really, I mean, that's been just time on the water, you know, learning – Like you say, when things are in the way, you know, you may think that's a great spot. And three trips later, you're like, man, I'm about to take this off and throw it in the lake. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so you'd obviously want to move it. But a lot of it just is is time on the water. I mean, I have a lot of Yak Attack stuff. Like all my camera mounts are uh, Mm -hmm. that Yak Attack uh, quick mount. I can't remember the exact name for it. But I have like four of those you know, mounted in my track where I can just take my camera mounts, you know, pop them off and pop them on in a different, you know, position. Or, um, I really don't, I mean, a lot of people think I have a complicated rig, but I really don't. I mean, I've got a cup holder, Mm -hmm. my rod holders, and then I have one, I have five of those Yak Attack, um, mount, those, those quick mounts yeah you know that hold my cameras and and stuff like that other than that um other than my graph I mean I don't have any uh I don't have a power pole or Mm -hmm. or anything like that I don't have obviously I don't have an anchor I mean yeah but I I mean and and, in those positions um I felt like I just have kind of figured out where those mounts are over time like trying to get you know better camera angles and stuff like that
0: Mm -hmm. no yeah that makes sense the thing that's most interesting to me about your kayak is how clean all your entire wiring system is because i've seen i've seen some some (laughs) kayak like some kayak mods and after it's all said and done like there's wires like poking out and hanging out and stuff like that And, and that's kind of What makes me a little nervous because that means you've had to drill holes into your boat
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so i just drilled another hole in it um yesterday to mount a a heading sensor from a hummingbird heading sensor for my graph okay i've drilled several holes in my boat (laughs)
0: does it does it get any easier
1: no it doesn't (laughs) you know each
0: time you're you're feeling it huh
1: you try to get away with the smallest one. And then when it doesn't fit, you're like, golly, man, you got to do it and, again. You know, the hole just keeps getting bigger and you're just like, Oh, just, mm-hmm. uh, the only thing I could suggest is silicone, you know, Marine. silicone yeah. is mm-hmm. your friend. Yeah. No, so oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have
0: to, I'm going to have to drill a few holes here pretty soon to get that, um, anchor trolley system in. Yeah. And I have a plan to do some recessed rod holders, So some flush mount rod holders, because, you know, the only downside to my kayak is it does come with built-in rod holders, but these things are shallow. So anything less than an ultralight, anything bigger than an ultralight rod, you get, you know, the right amount of rock in your boat and that's, that rod's, you know, gone. It's in the water. So, so I'm either going to replace those, which means drill those out and put in a flush mount rod hole rod holder that fits there or figure out something to do there because i hate i hate wasted space right. and right now the only thing it's doing is keeping my net in it right now so we'll see maybe i can use it for the anchor that i'm gonna have but you know that's that's kind of what i'm 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 dreading drilling a hole i mean i know it'll be fine i got you know all the right pieces i've done the research on how to make sure that nothing's leaking in and Stuff like that, but it's still not still not gonna be easy for me to just drill a hole into to my kayak. I've only been on the water like four times, and I'm already poking holes in it.
1: Yeah, I I get that. I mean, just silicone, man. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that's what I can. I've all of the holes, like my Yak Power system. I think I had to drill an inch and I can't remember an inch and three eighths hole or an inch and an eighth hole actually. That's a big hole. Yeah. I had to drill i I'm pretty sure it was an inch and an eighth for my Yak power system. The lights, like the navigation lights, I think mm-hmm. are half inch holes or three quarter holes. I can't remember, but I've had to drill a bunch of holes, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, but like I said, like you, you probably have one of the cleanest like setups that I've seen when it comes to like wires and stuff like that. And that's kind of what stops me from like, see my kayak I bought used, it was like six hundred and fifty dollars with a paddle, and the paddle's nice. I did some research, so essentially I paid like five hundred for the for the kayak and then like hundred and fifty for the paddle, basically. If I took the actual price of the paddle. So six fifty for the entire boat, which isn't too bad. But the um so I don't want to do too much to it. I want to do enough to where, you know, I use this and I learn like proper positioning inside of a kayak. So when I do upgrade, because I do plan to upgrade maybe in like like two years, maybe three years after I put some serious time in this boat, I want to do enough to where I can use it effectively, but not put so much in that once it's all said and done and I'm stripping it down, that I'm taking so much off of it that there's no point in even using it anymore
2: right
1: mhm yeah that that makes sense uh you're talking about paddle i had a guy message me today asking me what kind of paddle i used i was like Dude, it's like a <laughs> it's like a 20 dollar paddle from academy i don't know what it is <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and the thing is you can get away with that i mean you yeah. know you can get away with a 20 dollar paddle cuz you use it what to push off if it's too shallow i don't even
1: well, i mean if i get that That's shallow it? Mm-hmm. i may use my i may pull my paddle out once a month maybe. yeah that's like never, you know it's always holstered because
0: mm-hmm. what i what i found is like i looked it up and so my paddle i think it's a i forget the actual brand but i think it's a carbon fiber paddle so it's super light i can paddle right. all day like the last time i went out I was out on the water for four hours and i went to the other side of the reservoir which is probably like 300 Four hundred yards, and paddled my way back because I was it's time to go, and I got that sucker up to like three four miles per hour because I had my little fish finder going; it was tracking boat speed. But um, and my arms weren't at all tired from the paddle; it was just more from the paddling itself. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. because it was paddle. I was outside of you know the the what I call like slow paddling of like you know, just fishing and paddling, it was more um, paddling straightforward, like with some serious momentum. So the paddle definitely helps if you're if you're stuck with the paddle kayak, the type of paddle definitely plays. But if you don't need it, like if you have a pedal, uh, a pedal system or a trolling motor system like you do, you just kind of need it there for emergencies.
1: Yeah, yeah, and honestly... I'm not sure there's a paddle that would make paddling mine any better. Oh no! That no you're, that
0: you're, how much is just the boat itself? Like <laughs> no electronics, no motor.
1: I think it's a hundred and I can't remember. I want to say a hundred and um, it's a little over a hundred pounds. Sheesh! I do remember that. I can't. That's remember heavy specs. Yeah, it's that's, it's an extremely heavy boat. Extremely that's an heavy.
0: additional, I think, like fifty pounds on mine. I think my it's either. 65 or 80 pounds?
1: Right. Fully rigged out, I would mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, well, I mean, I've switched to lithium, so I've I've cut a lot of weight there. Um, mm-hmm. But I would still say my boat is probably tipping 200, you know, 200 pounds.
0: Yeah. Probably. You switch from, from lead batteries to lithium batteries for your
1: electronics. Yeah, well, for my motor and, yeah, the motor and electronics. They gotcha. run all lithium, though.
0: Mm -hmm. so for someone who's looking to start kayak fishing what's like your your first step and like say someone comes up because i mean you're a lone star kayak fishing let's say joe blow comes off and sends you an im and is like hey i want to get a kayak i have a relatively like moderate budget what should i be looking into like what are the things i should be thinking about as i look into a kayak
1: well i mean one is you know of course affordability it's it's mm-hmm. going to be whatever getting the best boat for the for your budget you know for sure um and with doing so i, I mean i would like i always say uh i would find the most stable boat yeah good you, you know the mm-hmm. one that has the widest uh <clears throat> The widest beam and all of that stuff i mean because the wider the boat you know the stabler it's going to be and then just really uh it just depends on what you want to do with it honestly i mean i mean are you just going to use this thing once a month i mean Mm -hmm. i mean because if that's the case if it's just going to be a you know here and there type thing i'm going to tell you just go buy a lifetime i mean yeah so i mean don't invest a bunch of money on something that you're not going to use i mean Mm -hmm. But, I mean, stability for sure is always going to be my number one thing when I tell someone, you know, or recommend a boat to someone. You know, find the most stable boat that you can afford. Yeah. That's going to change your entire perspective on kayak fishing. If you get out there on a boat that's not stable, chances are they're not going to keep doing it very long.
0: No, yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know, so having the right boat to make your experience pleasurable is what's going to keep you know anglers and it's what's also going to bring new comers you know to the kayak fishing sport if that's what you want to call it industry mm-hmm. whichever but but definitely stability for
0: sure okay. for yeah sure. no that that's a good point and that's something that i looked into with mine is so i had been searching for kayaks i i was intentionally searching for a used kayak because i didn't want to invest a bunch of money on a something that I didn't know if I was actually going to enjoy. For sure. So after doing a ton of research, I found like three, three kayaks. And I don't remember what the other two were. And this, the one that I ended up buying, um, I think I actually, I think one of them was an old town, but it was one of their older models. And it was a, uh, a sit in, no, it was a sit on top, but it just, it was 10 foot and it seemed really narrow. It was a lot more narrow than than the Perception Kayak that I ended up getting. And the thing that sold me on the perception was how stable it was. You know, after seeing videos of like people standing on it, I there's a video out there. If you look if you look it up, it's like Perception Pescador Pro Stability Test. It's like five dudes on standing on the kayak in a pool trying to tip it. That's awesome. And they, they – of course, it's five guys, and they managed to tip it. Yeah. But the fact that it could hold five grown adults, and they're, like, jumping on it and moving it and rocking it. And there's another video of a guy. I think it's from a kayak shop. I forget who it is. And he's literally, like, standing on the – I guess you'd call them the gunnels if this was a boat, but essentially on the outside edges. And he's got it tilted where it's, like, essentially – one side is completely out of the water and the other side is in the water and he's balanced on it just like, like it wasn't tipping. So not saying that it won't tip, but it seems like you got to try real hard to make a tip. If you're going to fall in the water, it's probably going to be because you lost your balance and not yep. because the boat flipped over. So that was one of the things that drove me to the one I ended up buying. Yeah, that's
1: what, well, I mean, You've done the right thing, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, newcomers, I mean, I can recommend things to people all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in their budget or fit their lifestyle Mm -hmm. or anything. So the number one thing, like I said, I would always tell someone is get the most stable boat you can afford.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's easy to, like, see the shiny, you know, high-end like the hobie pro 360s and you know the auto the autopilots and want that because that's what i that's that was the first direction i was like i'm gonna get me one of these and then i'm like wait i gotta think about how i'm gonna load the kayak i gotta think about um how i'm gonna transport it what kind of system so because my you know I, i have a i have suv with no roof rack right so i had to either get a trailer or get a roof rack installed. And both of those were very expensive um, to even like, it's, it's just additional cost. And I ended up getting a system that I can just strap onto the top of my roof and take off. And it's rated for the weight of my kayak, which is great. Like there's, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but essentially if you have like a 120 pound kayak, it, you know, there's a chance that you're going to compress the, the um, cushion all the way down and you're just gonna might as well not even have that on it but right. it's it's one thing like those are those hidden costs that you don't kind of think about until you're actually pricing things out so um what was one thing that surprised you the most from getting the autopilot like what 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 shocked you like either negatively or positively but i gotta think it's all like a pleasant surprise with with a boat like that, but what was one of the things that surprised you the most once you got it?
1: Um, it I mean, it would have to be I mean, stability one, for sure, because that mm-hmm. boat is rock solid. I mean, it's insane how stable that boat is, uh, but its ability to fish in extreme conditions. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I've, I've had that thing out and, you know, two, three foot rollers and not one time have I ever felt unsafe in that boat. Yeah, you know, it's the spot lock and everything keeping you, keeping you on your spot. And thirty mile an hour wind is incredible. You know that's mm-hmm. that's stuff you're not gonna see other kayakers out, even with a pedal kayak. I mean, you're not gonna see them in thirty mile an hour winds.
0: Oh no, yeah, that's tough. I
1: mean, and and if you do, they're gonna be extremely tired by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so no doubt they're going to be looking for wind breaks and stuff like that. So that's, that's what it would be. It's, it's just, it's overall ability to, to fish, man. It is Mm -hmm. a workhorse. Yeah. You know, I've spent a lot of hours on it over the last year and uh, I've put it through just about all of the things that I've encountered. I mean, wind waves, I've taken it through, you know, wood, submerged timber, grass. I mean, you name it. I've, I drove that boat through it so mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's held up remarkably i haven't had a lot of issues other than uh my trolling motor plug but i mean that's that's no fault of the boat that's just wear and tear
0: mm-hmm. so from the fishing side um we talked about like the kayak we talked about the gear um how do you go about from the kayak planning your trip out like like a new body of water what's basically what you're doing what you're doing now what are you doing differently than someone would be on the bank like what are you looking for um well
1: i mean if i if i go to a new lake i always just fish what i know yeah i mean i look for lay downs any kind of structure i look at the map Mm -hmm. try to find points, you know, things like that. Um, but I mean, to be completely honest, when I go to the lake, man, I don't ever have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I found when I, when I make one, Mm -hmm. it never, it never pans out, you know, I always end up, um, always end up doing something different or, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that so i I don't really i just had this conversation with a guy the other day um actually i told him you know i don't i don't make plans just because i don't i don't know i may get there and see something completely different and Mm -hmm. screw that plan i'm gonna go do this you know yeah um it's it's just all about adapting really i mean every angler has to do that i feel Mm -hmm. like so i just start out my day that way instead of working my plan and then adapting I just start out adapting Mm -hmm. so oh yeah
0: that's a good point yeah I I find I found a few times where I'll head out you know I'm already pre-rigged and I'm on the water and I know there's spots where I want to hit and I'll wear those spots out without catching the fish and then there goes a good chunk of my time and it's gone I think something that new anglers specifically need to get comfortable with is you know adapting i mean yep. first times i I've, I even went fishing i literally stood on the same spot at the bank and fished from there and wondered why i'm not catching a fish and i did that for like an hour and a half
1: yeah i gotta keep moving mm, and, yeah which is you know that, that that's the name of my game you know mm-hmm. power fishing i'm constantly moving. yeah
0: and you, you power fish in the winter too don't you
1: yeah yeah, well, I mean, I've, I, last winter I slowed it down because, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you almost have to. And for some reason, I'm okay with that in the winter. But any other time of the year, I will not fish slow. It just bothers me.
0: Yeah, I mean, Remember? I think it has to do with the cold. Everybody just wants to move a little bit less in the cold.
1: Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's it, man. I I just approach a lake. I, I feel like I I will approach a lake the same as I approach every lake. Mm -hmm. I'll go fish what I know, and if they're not there, then I go to the next thing I know. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes none of it works. So, you know, we've all been there as well.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's when I grab my ultralight rod and start catching (laughs) sunfish and bluegill and little spawned bass.
1: That's that's when I'm headed to the boat (laughs) and I'm trailering up.
0: (laughs) I'm like, I I, got to get at least one fish in this boat. We're not going home with the skunk. Right. (laughs) But no, yeah. So do you have any plans? Like what's the next, what's the next thing? Like either kayak mods or upgrading the kayak entirely, or like, I don't know, starting to look into tournament fishing. Like what's the next thing for, for you as we come across like, like this transition period?
1: So this, this coming year, I have a couple of um, plans going. Uh, We're going to be adding live. I haven't, I haven't made up my mind whether we're going to add live or 360, okay um yeah kind of leaning towards live but i don't think hummingbirds is quite up to par with the other one you know garmin and mm-hmm. and lawrence as well um but i don't want to buy a diff- another unit you know and run two units i i just don't want to do that so i, I feel like i'm going to wait on hummingbird uh, gotcha may it may put a power pole in haven't made my mind in, up entirely on that mm-hmm. um but other than that, man, I'm I'm hoping this year to fish some tournaments. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I I still haven't made my mind up. There's a part of me that wants to go do it, but then mm-hmm. there's part of me that just wants to fish the way I do because I feel like when I fish at you know now that I somewhat fish competitively, even though I'm not in a competition.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I just. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. You know, when I was on the show with bass, kayak, and beers with Armando, you know, I kind of explained it to him a little bit. But you know, when I go to the lake, I my goal is to catch a bag. You know, my goal is to catch big fish and all of these yeah. things. And a lot of times, I go home broken hearted. But so, and then a lot of it, you know, with tournament fishing, also has to deal with having time. You know,
0: yeah, and that's a big that's a big one.
1: Yeah, I mean, so especially if you fish a um, a tour or what or whatever a trail, I'm sorry, if you fish a trail series, you know, Texas is huge, man.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: and I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that. So you go to some of these uh, trails and stuff, and you look at these lakes. I mean, some of these lakes are hours and hours away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean,
0: yeah, and they're huge lakes. Yeah. They're huge bodies of water. Like you got Sam Rayburn, you got um four, what what is man. it we've got so
1: many man mm-hmm. like uh,
0: houston's massive which i don't know if the trail hits over there but that place is huge
1: yeah and you you got four i mean you got a bunch of them you got a, mm-hmm. a ton of them and i mean it is only one weekend a month from what i was looking so it's not entirely that bad but still you have to incur all the costs and mm-hmm. all of that stuff i mean it is something that i want to do um i just haven't fully committed yeah, Cause I do. I do feel like I would love that part of it—going out there and competing against other anglers, mm-hmm. and, you know, win or lose, whichever way, and, and getting to meet new anglers and and learn learn new things from other people, you know. Mm-hmm. So,
0: no, yeah, I definitely understand that, and I understand like that competitiveness that you that you're saying you're already fishing every time I go out. It doesn't matter the conditions, I want to do better than I did last time. Even if it's like a confidence thing, like, like, um, oh, I know I can throw this lure and I can throw it here and I'm going to catch a fish. If I can get that, at least my confidence level up with the lure, I feel like I've done better than I did last time. So that's kind of, you know, I, I really understand that, um, from the tournament side, like I'm looking at these online tournaments, like these virtual tournaments as kind of like my in, and kind of get a taste i did one i think it was like for a charity benefit and i i didn't even put a fish on the board i don't even think i went fishing that month it was like a month-long tournament right and it was one of those things where where i was still keeping up with the leaderboard and seeing that the fish were people were catching and stuff like that so that's definitely like on my radar at least a, a online or virtual tournament next year might be a thing that i do um, and actually like hit it hard and take it seriously and put some time on the water especially now that i'm getting some some experience with the local bodies of water around
1: here right i Mm -hmm. I think i think one of the things that tournament fishing teaches you and especially maybe people that are new to fishing in general um is time management you know Mm -hmm. you really have to manage your time like I was telling you when we were talking the other day, you know, when you're graphing and stuff, don't spend too much time trying to catch those fish that you see. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's something in a tournament. If you sit out there for two hours and trying to catch those fish you see on your graph, you just wasted that much time. You could have been, you know, doing mm-hmm. something else, but um, which I kind of already have that. I don't spend a lot of time trying to catch fish that I graph. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I'm ready for tournament fishing. I just haven't committed to it.
2: You yeah, know?
1: it's it's definitely not a um, self confidence thing. I mean, I feel like I could go into it's really up. a
0: time thing. Really. Yeah, it's, it's like time. it's it's a huge time commitment, and that's kind of what, like I said, like I did it, and it wasn't that I wasn't confident in being able to put fish on the board because it was a multi species tournament at that. So I could have like honestly, the way I catch like well, the way I ultralight fish, I feel like I could have competed very easily with with like just pan fish alone but um it's more of a time management thing like sometimes right. i'm lucky if i get out like once a week other times i'm lucky if i get out once a month it just really depends on what's going on that time
1: right
2: mm-hmm.
1: well I, I definitely fish i mean i'm on the water usually three days a week mm-hmm. uh, so i spend a lot of time on the water it's just mainly the the traveling is what yeah uh,
0: Yeah. And then then you add that, especially if you're working a trail, you know, you got to drive the time to drive there, the time if, you know, you're working, you're fishing these dates. So if work overlaps, you got to take time off of work and stuff like that. So that's that's always that that interesting piece. But um, no, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. So my my last question um, before we wrap this up is is what would it take to get you to throw an ultralight rod, man? Because I feel like, I feel like the spots that you're hitting, you could be getting into some ultralight fish. And I know you like, because <laughs> we always go back and forth on this. I'll tell you I'm fishing two pound line, which I am. But I feel like, you know, you're not giving the two pound line enough credit. I mean, I have yet to break off on a fish with my two pound line. Now I am constantly checking it. Like after like a few fish, I'm checking it for nicks because it's like, you know it's it's not cheap mono, but you know it is thin diameter line. So I'm checking it for nicks and and kinks and stuff like that and retying. But like an ultralight fish for me, anyways, is as on you know not the size, but has the fight of like a nice three pound four pound bass on like a medium heavy. Right, like you feel that bend and that fight, and because part of it for me is the rush. Of knowing how light that line is right, and knowing that you're working with like light wire hooks.
1: Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. I just recently for the first time ever spooled a reel with 12 pound line. So Let's just say I'm taking baby steps. Okay.
0: Well, <laughs> pound line's not bad. You know what? I don't even have, uh, <laughs> I, out of all the weights that I have, I don't have 12 pound line. Oh, no, no, that's not right. That's not true. I just spooled up, like, I got some 12 pound line from, like, uh, one of those subscription boxes. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make sure my crankbaits get deep enough. Right. And I can get away with it. So I'm like, I'm going to put some 12 pound fluoro on, on a spinning, on a baitcaster that I got.
1: Yeah, I I recently just done that because I wouldn't I wouldn't go with anything less than fifteen. Mm-hmm. But you know that's everyone. It, it's like a everyone can sit here and argue about line mm-hmm. size stuff all day. But I really feel like it's it's more relative to what you're fishing. Yeah, sure you're fishing the grass, you're fishing. You know, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, I always tell people you if you have twelve pound line on and a fish gets you down and balls you up in the hydrilla you're it's not coming out of there i don't care Mm -hmm. what i don't care what you say it's just it's not doing it you know
0: yeah no i think it i think it definitely depends on the situation my my rule of thumb has always been with been like get away with the lightest line you can and then you'll find that bottom you'll find where how light you can go because the fish will break you off
1: repeatedly or something or you'll get tied up and you won't be able to pull that fish out And see, that's something I've never really dealt with is break off. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm doing good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, No, the only time I've broken off is on like logs and stumps. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's because I've like decided to like, you know, this thing, this lure ain't coming back. It's time to, it's time to, you know, make peace with that and just retie something else.
1: So for an ultralight, man, it's not happening tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, but we're working on it.
0: We'll get you there. We'll get you there next thing pound, you know
1: 12 pound line is the best i can do for you today
0: next thing you know you're gonna change your handle to lone star ultralight Fishing. and you're gonna be sitting there with like <laughs> micro hooks catching these little minnows out of the underpasses of of the freaking bayous
1: yeah i'd probably have a hundred thousand <laughs> subs on youtube if i did that <laughs>
0: you might, you might. <laughs> <laughs> well all right man i just want to thank you for taking the time and hopping on um where can people find you um who are you working with things
1: like that uh you can find me on instagram lone star kayak fishing uh youtube's the same uh not that i do a whole lot on there but i'm working on that as well um and i work uh, uh part of hooks hooks hoodlums you guys can use uh lone star 10 save you some money and also castaic lures um partnered with them as well check them out you can mm-hmm. go to my link tree on my page see all of the gear i use the companies all of that stuff um and that's it man
0: sweet man well thanks for hopping on and uh hopefully we'll get you in an ultralight ride here pretty
1: soon all right man i appreciate your time buddy